are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk some college football, Michigan-Alabama, one of the semifinal games in the college football playoff. Got some stats on that that are kind of head-scratching, and it's why pretty much all the pundits are picking Alabama to beat Michigan. We've got some NBA talk. Joel Embiid is going crazy, and he's the defending NBA MVP. I don't know how you vote against him as of right now. We've got um, Chip Kelly talking about football and what the NIL has done, what he thinks things should go look like going forward. I think he's got some great ideas. And uh, former uh, running back in the NFL, Rashard Mendenhall, thinks we should have an all-race all-star game in the NFL. Brilliant take by Rashard. We'll go over his tweet. We'll get to that momentarily. Let's start off in college football with the fact that we are, what, uh, today's the 21st. We are about 11 days away from your semifinal matchups on New Year's Day. It is Texas and Washington, Michigan and Alabama. And a lot of the pundits right now are thinking that Alabama is going to beat Michigan. And a lot of it is the fact that Michigan's really has to overcome almost 20 years of postseason history that just aren't in their favor. Since the college football playoff started, SEC teams have gone 14-3 and against non-SEC teams and have won eight in a row dating back to 2019. This is after going 8-1 and one against non-SEC teams in the BCS championship games. So 22-4 and four SEC teams against non-SEC teams, SEC teams since the BCS. Then you've got all this stuff where it's just like, look, the Big Ten has sucked in the college football playoff. They're 3-6 and six in college football playoff games, and Ohio State is responsible for all three of those wins. Alabama itself in the college football playoff is eight and three Michigan we know is zero and two when you give Nick Saban a month or more to prepare for a big game dating back to his LSU days he's 10 and one in BCS national championship games and college football semifinals Urban Meyer is the only guy to beat him and that was in 2014 when he's had a month to prepare for a BCS game or a semifinal game for the college football playoff because obviously you don't have a month to prepare for the championship game. Now, you might say, well, Michigan isn't playing the Alabama of the past. That's very true, but what has Michigan done against non-conference opponents recently? Since 2021, Michigan is 29-1 against the Big Ten over the past three seasons, since 2021. However, Their only Power 5 non-conference win came in 2021 against Washington, and that Washington team ended up 4-8. They haven't played one in either of the past two regular seasons, and they got blown out by Georgia in the 2021 semifinal, and they got beat by TCU last year. So for all the Michigan fans, like, look, anything can happen on any given day. Maybe you do beat Alabama, but you got history really stacked against you, not to mention recent history. You've beaten one team outside of the Big Ten in the last three years that's from the Power Five. 
and that was a 4-8 and eight Washington team. So don't just tell me, like, well, this isn't the Alabama of the past. No, it's not, but they're probably playing better than some of the Alabama teams that made it this far. I mean, they're playing really, really well. And Alabama has gone 4-1 and one against Power 5 opponents over that same exact span, the only loss coming to Texas earlier this year, which turned out to be the number three team in the country. And the last time Alabama took the field, they ended the two-time defending national champions 29-game winning streak. So, I mean, just looking at that, it's no wonder that a lot of the pundits are picking Alabama to win. I think Alabama's going to win because I think they're a better team. I just don't think Michigan's style of football and the lack of any sort of competition in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State prepares them for SEC football. It's one game. Could they win? Sure. I just don't think they will. I think Alabama is better, and they've just got so much riding against them. I mean, shit, they got beat by TCU last year. (laughs) And we all saw what Georgia did to TCU in the championship game, you know? It's like Michigan fans, like I know you're homers and you want your team to win, but what about this year's team is any different? Like why do you think you're as good? I, I don't know. I, I I read you those stats a couple weeks ago in regards to the college football playoff and how we just have blowouts in these games. What is it, 15 of the 20? We've had 10 years of the college football playoff. 15 of the 20 have been double-digit victories in the semifinals. And in the 10 national championship games, seven of the 10 were double were decided by double digits. So I actually think this could get ugly. I don't think Michigan's going to get beat 35-7, but 30-13, to I could see it. I mean, I'm going with Bama, but we'll see. It's just a lot. I mean, those statistics – speak volumes. I understand those statistics have nothing to do with the game on January 1st, but if it does play out in Alabama's favor, you can look back at those statistics and go, "Wow, well, Michigan, yeah. Who I mean, I mean that's the biggest question going into this. Who has Michigan beaten in the last 3 years? That's any good outside of Ohio State. Nobody. They've beaten nobody in 3 years. One non-Big 10 team Washington, three years ago in 2021, and that Washington team was four and eight. <laughs> what else do you need? What what what's your what's your comeback, Michigan fans? Like, what do you say to that? Well, we can only play the teams on our schedule. I mean, yeah, and the times that you did get to play good group uh, power five teams, you got waxed in the semifinals two years ago by Georgia. And then you lost to TCU last year. You were supposed to beat them. And I wouldn't consider TCU, while they are part of the Power Five, they're in the Big 12, after what happened to them, what, 10 days later, when Georgia mopped the floor with them, shows you what a bad loss that was for you guys. So a lot can happen. We'll see. It's one game. Maybe Alabama's off their game. You never know. But, man, those statistics speak volumes. The SEC has dominated college football for 20 years. And the only Big Ten team to win a game in the college football playoff, as we know it, is Ohio State. 
Literally only one. Big Ten is three and six in the college football playoff, and all three wins are Ohio State. So good luck, Michigan. You're going to need it. Did you hear what Chip Kelly said when he was at his press conference for their bowl game against Boise State? I think they're in the L.A. Bowl. And he basically talked about the fact that, look, we're UCLA. We're going to the Big Ten next year. I understand that. However, our basketball team and our softball team should be playing Arizona. They don't need to be playing Rutgers. He didn't say Rutgers, but he basically said they should be playing the Arizonas of the world. But because we moved, now everything gets screwed up for our other teams. And I've said that all along. And basically, Chip said, look, why don't we go to a system at some point? There needs to be a system put in place where Power 5 football teams basically form one 64-team conference. The group of five form another 64-team conference, and you kind of go from there. Because that's eventually what this thing is going to turn into. I don't know if you can get to the point where we go back to the Pac-12 just for all other sports, all other non-football sports. Because, you know, you can say what you want about Title IX and all this stuff. The bottom line is college football revenue basically pays for the whole athletic department and college basketball. Those are the two biggest sports. They have the biggest TV contracts by far over Women's soccer, women's basketball, men's baseball, men's rowing, men's wrestling. It just, you can't even compare it. College football and college basketball fund the rest of every single college's athletic department. If it wasn't for those two sports, most schools would be un- go under, and they wouldn't have the nearly amount of sports teams to put out on the field every week. They'd have to cut a lot of sports. So... What they're saying is, look, let's just let us have our own thing, our own commissioner. Football is its own separate entity. And let the West Coast teams play the West Coast teams in the other sports. UCLA softball plays Arizona softball. But now that they're in the Big Ten next year, UCLA softball is going to have to travel to Piscataway to play Rutgers at some point. Or Rutgers is coming to Westwood. It just doesn't make any sense. What Chip said makes perfect sense. Can we just make football moving over to the conferences and let's keep the other sports the same? I don't know if it can be done by next year. It's Well, it can't be done by next year. Schedule's already out for all that stuff. So, But I think that's what we are probably looking forward to in upcoming seasons and what college football and the college sports landscape is going to look like. College football is going to break off and become their own sport and become their own conference their own entity whatever you want to call it it's gonna happen it's just a matter of how many years it takes for them to figure this all out but the other sports i just don't know how long that's gonna take can can you put it all together where it's just like okay yeah ucla and usc might have gone to the big 10 but that's just in football everyone else you stay the same you're still uh you still keep the pac-12 in all other sports or whatever the case may be so um, I, there, there's a lot of moving parts here. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a few years. But you're crazy to think that college football won't be its own sport within three to five years. It's going to be. Uh, things are going to change. They're going to probably tweak the playoff system probably every single year. Uh, they're going to tweak how games are made. And I think one thing that people are getting upset about, possibly, is, and we've talked about this on the podcast, is the fact that, Well, with no divisions anymore, especially next year in the Big Ten, what if we have the same scenario with Ohio State and Michigan playing undefeated 
11 and 0, both teams and playing against each other in the 12th game of the season. Both of them are clearly going to make the 12 team playoff. So, let's say Michigan wins that game. Well, now they're going to play the following week in the Big 10 Championship because there's no divisions anymore. They can play each other. Now, granted, there's 18 teams now in the Big Ten, so maybe they don't. But we're just saying it is possible under the new system that Ohio State and Michigan or any two teams, since there's no division, could be Oregon-Washington, could be USC-UCLA, could be playing each other three times during the course of a season. The last game, you know, during the season they play each other. What if they? The, that's the only loss for one of them and the other one wins out? You play in the Big Ten championship game. And then both of you are clearly going to make the college football playoff that has 12 teams in it because it's probably going to have seven wild cards. One of you is going to get in as the automatic qualifier from being a Big Ten champion. The other one's going to make it as an at-large. Then you get thrown into that pool, and you could end up playing each other. It all depends on seeding. You could end up playing each other a third time. Keep this in mind, though. I know that kind of upsets a lot of people. And, yeah, you might lose the luster of the rivalry during the regular season. However, the NFL has that. The Yankees and Red Sox play each other, used to play each other 19 times during the regular season. And then if they met for the ALCS, did anybody say like, ugh, but they've already played each other 19 times. Who cares? No. People are going to matter. People are going to care what happens in the playoffs. So, yeah, Ohio State-Michigan will still be a big game in the regular season. Still could be a great game in a rematch. But will people care the most about what happens in the playoffs? Absolutely. Shit, it happens in the NFL all the time. If two teams from the same conference make the playoffs and they end up playing each other in the playoffs, they already play each other twice in the regular season, once at home, once on the road, Dallas Cowboys could easily play the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs this year. They're both already in, and they've both already played each other twice. If they play each other a third time and it's for the NFC Championship, are people going to be like, ugh, sick of watching these two play? No, not when the Super Bowl's on the line. So I think people... When you look ahead to it now, you're like, I don't want to see Ohio State play Michigan three times in a year and could be three times in a matter of a month. But I think you're going to understand that once we get to this, it's kind of all going to go out the window because you're going to be like, oh, shit, this is nice. That's the way I feel. I mean, maybe some of you are totally against it, but I think you're saying that right now because it's not happening. I think once it happens, you'll be like, oh, got it. Last year, Joel Embiid won the NBA MVP, and I would have had no problem if Giannis won it. I wouldn't have had a problem if uh, Joker won it for the third year in a row. I, I just, it was impossible. Like, they were all great. And MVP voting is done by NBA beat writers and people who follow the NBA. And again, just like there's no criteria that you have to do this, like, they could vote on anything they want. And I think that there was a portion of the voters last year that just had Jokic fatigue. He had won two years in a row. He put up another great season. Arguably, it was better than his two MVP seasons. But yet, you know, let's give it to someone new. Let's give it to someone fresh. Let's give it to Embiid. Not saying he didn't deserve it. I'm just saying, don't tell me that Jokic winning two years in a row didn't play a role in people voting somebody else. And now here is Joel Embiid. 51 points last night as the Sixers beat the best team in the NBA record-wise, the T-Wolves, 127-113. 51 points last night for Embiid. Also, his 12th straight game of 30 and 10. 30 points, 10 rebounds. It's the longest streak since in 50 years. 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it in 1971 and 1972. He did it in 16 straight games. Here is the reigning MVP with 12 straight 30 and 10 games. You look at Jokic's numbers this year, they're off the charts yet again. Giannis playing great. Like it's it's impossible. How do you pick who the MVP is? I don't know. But Joel Embiid is doing nothing to lose his title, especially if he breaks this record by Kareem. What if he goes 18, 20 straight games with 30 and 10 in this day and age? Very, very impressive. I went to the Clippers-Mavericks game last night. I don't know if you know this, but the L.A. Clippers have won nine in a row. They just passed the Dallas Mavericks in the standings last night. They're now fifth in the West because they had the same record going into the game, 16 and 10. Clippers win, pretty much winning most of the game. Mavericks took the lead in the fourth quarter with about six minutes left, never led by more than one or two. And the Clippers closed it on like a 14 to 4 run or 15 to 4 run, something like that. Uh, and they win it by nine. And they've won nine in a row now. And James Harden is actually playing well. Remember when they first traded for James Harden, I believe they started out 0 and 5 with him, if not 0 and 6. Like it became a thing, like, holy shit, this isn't working. And now they've won nine in a row, and you're like, wow, this is really working. And they didn't have Paul George last night either. So uh, the Mavericks were outmanned, um, missing Kyrie Irving for four or five, fifth straight game. Um, Derek Lively's out. I mean, the Mavericks made a valiant effort, but at no point did really I thought they were going to win. They're just not as good right now. They don't have the talent around Luka. Um, and, you know, a week ago they were third in the West. Now they're sixth. And they play Houston on Friday. And the Houston Rockets, if I'm not mistaken, the Houston Rockets have lost one home game this year. <laughs> Yet they're the, one of the worst road teams. No, sorry, 11-2. They just lost again the other night. They're 11-2 at home, but they're 2-10 on the road. They're like the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA. Yeah. So the Mavericks go to Houston on Friday. And if they lose, the Mavericks will fall to the seven seed. When a week ago they were the three seed because they'd be on a... Th- They'd be on a three-game losing streak because they lost to Denver on Monday night. And then Victor Weminyama comes to Dallas on Saturday. So they're at Houston on Friday, and they come back to Dallas and play Saturday, second night of a back-to-back against the Spurs. Spurs are 4-22. and The Mavericks will win that game. But I have tickets to that one as well, taking my nephew to that game. Last night I went with my niece. She loves the Clippers, so she was happy. But... My nephew wants to see Victor Weminyama, so we're going to go see that on Saturday night. But, yeah, I mean, the West is – we went over the West's record. I mean, again, basically um, two games separate the third seed from the ninth seed. And if you want to include the tenth seed, three games separate the third seed and the tenth seed. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And finally, just wanted to end with this. Did you see Rashard Mendenhall's tweet? Former running back, played with the Steelers. You remember him. You know, the the NFL really actually did something good with their Pro Bowl. Remember last year they basically went to a skills competition because the Pro Bowl was an absolute joke. These guys weren't even tackling each other. It was just handoff, run to the line. It was just touch them, and that was it. So it was really entertaining last year with the skills competition. Well, Rashard Mendenhall, I guess, forgot about that and how good it was and decided he wanted to go to the race card. This is what he wrote on Twitter. A couple days ago, 
I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better than your goat. I don't know if the ESPYs give out an award for most ignorant take of the year, but if they do, it should go to Richard Mendenhall. Really? The all-black versus all-white Pro Bowl? That's what we really want, Richard? Somebody take his Twitter account away from him, seriously. Ugh. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. We've got their picks coming tomorrow. Tell your friends about it. Um, it's uh, the Daily Roundup was posted an hour ago. Got podcast number 370 coming in an hour from now if you're interested in checking that out. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.